Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Trending! Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. We accepted that challenge. You know, that's a that's a team that's got a championship pedigree. A lot of those guys played on that team a few years back, and and they've always been that kind of physical team, and um, you know, led by their guards and, and Pascal. So, um, for us to to you know take a couple punches and keep moving, and not only you know be defensive, but fight back, push push the tempo, push push the pace of the game, and get to the free throw line you know that was big for us tonight uh, especially in a night where we didn't have many guys making a lot of shots you know um, from the perimeter so when we, we get into that pain of making free throws and get to the line I think that was huge that's Mike Conley Friday night after the Jazz beat the Raptors their most recent game 2-2 two and two on the road trip and of course he thought it was huge the way they got to the free throw line and had a 41-14 to 14 advantage in free throws and Nick Nurse thought it was an outrage and thought those guys weren't going to let us win tonight and threw his mask into the crowd, yelled some profanity at the uh, refs, and got fined 50 grand for it. So it all depends what color jerseys you're wearing, PK. Jazz now have had a couple days off. Rudy Gobert's hip getting better, he said. And now the question is, can they beat the Bulls and finish the road trip with a winning record and go 3-2 and two on this trip? They will be home for a lot of games over the course of the next three three weeks or so. So can they finish off this road trip the right way, pick up the W, and can they play a little bit of defense? I mean, that's really a massive factor here. Now, they didn't give up a lot of points to the Raptors uh, at the free throw line, but, man, the Raptors shot the three really well. They had jazz-like numbers, 21 of 44, and still didn't get the win. So... Cut down on all those fast break points that are going up. Eliminate the 30-point quarters that Quinn Snyder has complained about and have a chance to beat the Bulls. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Well, the big news this weekend in the NBA was LeBron James got hurt. LeBron James is borderline indestructible. He was hurt. Two years ago, had the groin injury, and of course the Lakers ended up in the lottery because of that. This doesn't look that serious. It also didn't look good. Ankle sprain, uh, had an opposing player roll into his ankle, and usually when you, you twist your ankle, it goes over, but it rolls outside. This rolled inside. It looked bad. He looked like he was in a lot of pain. The Lakers say he's out indefinitely. They're just not putting a timeline on it. Does that mean two, four, six weeks? There are eight weeks left before the playoffs, which seems like the most important number, and it seems like he ought to be back before that. But for the foreseeable future, no LeBron. And without him, Suns hammered the Lakers 111-94, and Chris Paul goes over 10,000 career assists, only the sixth guy to do that. PK, no LeBron, no problem as long as he's back before the playoffs and AD's back and they get on a roll. I can't say that there's no problem. We'll have to see. He's getting older, and so this is one of the things that happens when you get older. You get more susceptible to injury, and the rehab, whatever that injury is, takes longer. So I can't say that they're the absolute shoe-in and they're going to win it, and it is no problem. We'll have to wait and see. But he's been indestructible. 
It was like Mount Olympus crumbling, seeing him out on the floor like that. I've never seen him do that. And he has just been the behemoth for so long. You think of him as indestructible because he has been. He's so big and strong and fast. I mean, he's got all the skills, obviously. And to see him on the ground on the floor like that was an unusual sight. He stayed in and hit a three, kept his double-digit scoring streak alive, but then the cold timeout that got him out, he went to the locker room, and that was it. He left early second quarter. So, And then they said he wasn't going to go to Phoenix, but then he did go to Phoenix, and he was on Twitter saying, you know, the most painful thing is I'm not there with and for my guys. So, Yeah, by the there. time he got to Phoenix, man, I was rising. Mavericks beat the Blazers 132-92. to Luka Doncic had 37. They just lit Portland up. And the Nuggets lost. Pelicans beat them 113-108. Denver and Portland battling for fifth. They are tied right now. Somebody looks like they'll end up in that 4-5 series. And if the Jazz hold on to the top spot, of course, that's a potential second-round opponent, depending on how things play out in the opening round, obviously. Elsewhere in the NBA, the Houston losing streak got to 20. Do you get fascinated with these things, PK, when a streak gets this massive or they're losing so you just don't care? Oh, I don't care. I'm curious how long this thing gets. Well, you're into numbers. I'm not. Whatever it might be is whatever it is. It doesn't really bother me either way. Thunder squeaking past Houston, 114 to 112, the final score there. Sixers win again. They edged the Knicks. Tobias Harris, a couple of late free throws. Philly 101-100. Philly staying in front of the Nets. The Nets beat the Wizards 113-106. They are 1-2 in the East. And the Nets will be here to see the Jazz on Wednesday as the Jazz return home. So see them soon enough. Uh, The other injury in addition to LeBron is LaMelo Ball. Fractured bone, right wrist, expected to be done for the year. The injury is in the area of his thumb on his shooting hand. He's going to get a second opinion, but it doesn't look like we'll see LaMelo Ball again. Yeah, I think the big, the bigger story for the Jazz is the Bulls beat the Pistons. The Bulls played yesterday, and now they've got the game today against the Jazz. Zach Levine had 18 there. Chicago won 100 to 86, but now they have to go back to back. DJ and PK. Hashtag College Basketball. Man looking for room. Step back three for the wing. Around it off. No good. Fight for the rebound underneath. Lewis has it. Turns. Fires a three from the right corner. That's an air ball. Rebound tip. Still loose inside. It's over. It's over. Oral Roberts wins. Oral Roberts is going to the Sweet 16. Oral Roberts only the second 15 seed to advance to the Sweet 16. They were down by 10 or 11 to Florida with about 10 minutes to go. An impressive rally. Gators had a couple of shots right at the end of Force OT. They didn't go, and Oral Roberts wins 81-78. That was a good comeback by them, PK. Great comeback. Phenomenal. Yeah, wow. Look at them go. Loyola of Chicago beat an Illinois team that hasn't played him for about a decade. They finally got him in the NCAA tournament, and they took him out. And it was pretty decisive, too, 71-58. Well, Chicago's moving on to get Oregon State next. Oregon State beat Oklahoma State by 10, 80-70. The Pac-12's got a team in the Sweet 16, and they got four more teams playing for it today. This has been a great start to the tournament for the Pac-12. Outside of money, what does it get you, though? Uh, Will it change the rep and elevate the conference and all that stuff? Depends on how far they go. I mean, we could have a bunch of teams check out today, and then that won't really be a big story. Why does it need to elevate the rep? They got five teams in. Uh, 
There are leagues that get uh, eight teams in, and do kids want to stay home and play in the league because it's more competitive, or do they want to take off and go to the Big Ten or the ACC? Well, it's basketball. Nobody really cares that much. I mean, it's all about football. I keep hearing that. Like, it's like the Utes in 05 when they had the first pick of the NBA in the NFL draft. What did it get them? I mean, I just I, I don't know what the tangible effect is. And if you're Utah, what do you care? Syracuse picked up a uh, couple of wins. They took down West Virginia, the three seed. They're getting the two seed, Houston. Houston barely escaped against Rutgers. Houston with a good comeback. They were down 10 with 10 minutes to go and were able to escape with a 63-60 win there. Locally, Utah State, BYU both out in the first round. The Cougars have been here before, and PK, we're going to get to it coming up. But uh, what do the Cougars get out of this? Where do they go from here? UCLA beat them 73-62, and BYU could not make a 3-3 three. Three of 17, a really low percentage, and that doomed them in their loss to the Bruins. Yeah, they got to get players. I mean, Mark Pope, he's got to use his charisma to get in that transfer portal and get some players that BYU normally doesn't get. And we all know what we're saying, it, but we can't say it. Uh, but we know what we're talking about and see if he can do that. All right, we will get to that coming up. And a coaching change at UNLV. Assistant coach Kevin Kruger promoted to be UNLV's head coach. He, of course, is the son of current Oklahoma coach Alon Kruger, the former UNLV coach, the father, getting the sweet coaching gig. And he's not even 40 yet. Oh, yeah, he's 38. I believe he was the first grad transfer in the NCAA when they had that rule. He was going to ASU, and he used it to be eligible the next season to play for his father at a UNLV. I think they might have gone to the Sweet 16, too. I'm not sure. I think so. I'd have to double-check that. So he's recognized as the first one to take advantage of that rule that was put in for academics, and now which is shattered, and nobody uses it for academics. <laughs> Get where you're going to go. Take those classes online and keep going. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft said the reason for his franchise going on a free agent spending binge was we're in the business to win. It's like investing in the stock market. Take advantage of corrections and inefficiencies in the market when you can, and that's what we did here. We'll see. Nothing's guaranteed and very cognizant of that, but we're not in the business to be in business. He has paid almost as much to free agents this offseason as he paid to buy the team back in 1994. 27 years ago, he bought an NFL team for the then-massive total of $172 million. He's now doled out $162 million in guaranteed money, and they're expected to do a few more deals, so he may get to $172 million. He may still pass it. Yeah, I mean, you could say that about everybody. Didn't Jerry Jones give Dak Prescott more than he gave to yeah. buy the team? The so guys, the guys the who, the yeah, right? Because Kraft got into 94 and Jerry Jones yeah. got in five years before that. That was that was the going rate in the early and mid-90s. And, of course, right. it's now gone up 10 times that, if not, you know, 15 times that. Yeah. Uh, the Rams added Deshaun Jackson on a one-year deal to bolster their lineup, so they grab a free agent wide receiver. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Joey Votto returned to spring training for the Cincinnati Reds. The first baseman tested positive for COVID-19 March 10th. 
He will remain sidelined until he's in game shape. I feel good, the 37-year-old six-time All-Star said. I'm glad to be back. I'm looking forward to putting the uniform on and joining the team. I miss playing ball. I miss being part of that group. I read putting the uniform on, and I think of that young student teacher and baseball coach, Patrick Kinahan, putting on the uni. (laughs) I was actually uh, done with student teaching at that point. I was subbing. Uh, when I put on the uniform at Deer Valley High School. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, for sure. And Joey Votto's 37, going on 19, and he wants to put on the jersey one more time. I don't so. blame him. Yeah, yeah right. absolutely, man. Play until, play until they tear the jersey off you. These are good gigs. There aren't more of them out there. Grab the one you got. Kansas City Royals signed Salvador Perez, their catcher, to a four-year contract worth $82 million. That's the richest deal in Royals history. Four years, $82 million, almost seems quaint, PK. The richest deal in Royals history. Well, they're a smaller market. It's good to see them spend that money. Now, he's one of those guys who's been there for a good long while. I think he was on the World Series team as their catcher, and a lot of those guys have moved on. As you know, Lorenzo Cain is now the starting center fielder for your Milwaukee Brewers, and other guys have moved on, and, and uh, they're retaining him. And they got this Witt kid, the son of Bobby Witt, Supposed to be a stud, and he'll be making his, uh, I think he'll be making his appearance this season, and maybe they can get back to where they were. Perez is a five-time Gold Glover, six-time All-Star, and the 2020 AL Comeback Player of the Year. And that comeback pays off handsomely. Four years and $82 million. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Utah football availability, head coach Kyle Whittingham, receivers coach Chad Bumpus. Also among the players, a couple of big names, Nick Ford moving to center, a vet along the offensive line. He's done it all for Utah. He's a South Bay guy. And Britton Covey will also speak as well today. We'll have the the Utes for you coming up in the 8 o'clock hour. And Kyle Whittingham will be right at the crack of 8 o'clock, if not 37 seconds earlier. Yak, we will be back from break and prepared. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider at 9 o'clock, talking March Madness. DJ and PK, what about those Cougars? We will get to them next. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Howard Beck, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. I'll give you two choices. Talk jazz fans off the ledge or tell them to go ahead and jump. No, talk off the ledge. I looked at the last eight games just as a quick reference point. The good news is the Jazz's offensive rating is still top ten. Their defense is just taking a big dive. And defense being so much about your energy level and consistency and backing each other up, that's the kind of thing where if you are dragging a little bit, a little bit of defensive wane can hurt you really quickly in this league. And as good as their offense has been, it's not enough to overcome. So a a little bit of slippage on the defensive side is, is going to hurt them even more because they don't have a ton of offensive weapons. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7 presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes to Toast brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Right now you can get up to $6,000 in purchase allowance on the XT lineup. Experience the luxury you deserve by booking a test drive today. All right, question of the morning. Familiar ending for the BYU basketball team. Evaluate the season. 
People lining up after the Cougars' first-round loss. Kurt says 12-day layoff was not good. They looked out of sync from the start. They didn't have the caliber of athlete necessary to compete with UCLA. They also don't have a consistent second or third score. What they do have is a good coach with a lot of promise. Hopefully, he learned a lot about what it takes to win a tournament game and can prepare slash develop additional scorers who can be reliable in tournaments. And there it is. They don't have a consistent second or third score. You know, the 12-day layoff, you know, that isn't good. More teams would have 12-day layoffs if it was good. But in the West Coast Conference, what are you going to do about that? Nothing. You're going to have more layoffs before the NCAA tournament. Uh. Be Gonzaga, and don't let it bother you. Have the second or third score and overcome it. If you've got three or four scores and one's off, it's not a big deal. But this is a team that was uh, had some droughts in regular season games, and we saw it again in the tournament. And I thought the shots were there, but they just couldn't make them. Well, shots are always going to be there. I mean, I don't know that there's going to be a team that's going to eliminate shots. And I haven't seen that good of a defensive team there that's going to be able to do all that. Uh, they've got to get better players. I mean, that's as simple as that. Grayson says WCC is not a great conference. It's the Zags and some also-rans. It's kind of throwing in the towel. You can never win. Yeah, what's the conference have anything to do with it? When they were in the whack in the Mountain West, were they regularly going to the Sweet 16 or the round of 32? No, they were not. So who cares about the conference? The round of 32, uh, 1993, and then not again until Jimmer. Yeah. Couple with Jimmer. So Right. So, yeah, when two Sweet 16s in 30 years when you had the player of the year. Uh, they're, the the way that Mark Pope is building the program gives me hope for promise, hope for, for hope for Pope. That's my where I'm going there because he's moving away from the traditional uh, recruiting base that is the return missionary. They, let's call it like it is the Caucasian return missionary, and uh, that's the strength of your team. That's what it's built on, and that's nice. And that can win you some games in the regular season and maybe even occasionally beat Gonzaga. But it's not going to get you anywhere in the postseason. I mean, they've the, sh- the two times they've gone to the Sweet 16 in the last 40 years were not built on uh, the strength of return missionaries, right? Jimmer and Ainge. And in Ainge's day, I, I don't think they even had that many to begin with. Times have changed since then. Uh, and obviously Jimmer did not go. And so move away from that because that's not a formula that's going to get you anywhere in the NCAA tournament. It just isn't. I mean, you can argue with me all you want, but I'm not a numbers dude, but I do have an overwhelming amount of evidence. So move away from that, and that's what Pope is doing, clearly. You look at the guys that he's bringing in. I mean, they started uh, four transfers and five if you consider loaner first uh, signed with Utah, I wouldn't consider him a real transfer in that he never played for the Utes, and he's a rebounding machine, so as I understand it, he's not interested in going on a mission. For the basketball program, that's good, because I think the missions really wreak havoc, as my old uh, mentor in basketball would say, and with that in mind, continue to mine that transfer portal and get guys in here, and even if it's for one or two years, 
I mean, certainly Barcelo was worth it. There's no question Barcelo was worth it. Barcelo was definitely worth it. The question is, how many Barcelos can they get? I guess the first question is, how many Barcelos are there in the transfer window? And then the second question is, how many of those Barcelos can they get? Because he was the guy who did show up. He was the guy who hit shots, and the moment wasn't too big for him. And he was splitting double teams and going down the lane and shooting He's mentally tough. Yeah. Love the kid. Love what he displayed. Tony says the moment was too big. They literally lost the game in the first 10 minutes. They couldn't shoot themselves out of a wet paper bag. Barcelo showed up, but the rest not so much. Disappointing, to say the least. Okay. Disappointing, sure, if you thought you were going to win. I guess if you went by seed. But it reminded me, the seed reminded me of Boylan's seed when he was seeded fifth. And the Cats, Wildcats from Arizona, I think they went down to Florida and just hammered them, and they were seated 12th. And to me, it was obvious from the moment the uh, pairings were announced who was going to win. Arizona had a couple of uh, NBA players and Hill and Buttinger on that team, and I don't think the Utah had any. Buttinger, who's now launched a successful beach volleyball career, got his name on the pier, Manhattan Beach. Uh, about three years ago, he won that tournament. Get your name on the pier with Casey Patterson as his partner, who's a BYU grad. Walk the pier, people. The names are all there. There's a lot of history. Plus, it's a Kate- pier on a clear day. You can't really go wrong. <laughs> Casey Patterson, who married Lexi Brown, who played volleyball at BYU and went to Jordan High School. It all comes full circle. Back to the hood. There it is. <laughs> Brian says they piled up a lot of wins in a weak conference against better competition. BYU is very average. Yeah, I don't know that that has anything to do with it. We're talking about getting to the round of 32. They didn't do. They haven't done it when they're in the Mountain West and the WAC, and that was better competition. So, it's that that doesn't really float my boat. The West Coast Conference sucks. It'll always suck. Most of the teams in there have no desire to be a winning team and have an NCAA tournament team, and they don't put many resources in it. And that's not going to change. Mark Few can call them out. The West Coast Conference can rig the the tournament and do whatever they want there, but it's always going to be that way. It's, it's, I don't see where all of a sudden Pacific and San Diego and, and Portland are going to get all this money and dump it into their programs and, and be national programs or at least have a shot. So uh, that it's about... BYU getting deeper into the NCAA tournament. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about the West Coast Conference. Corey says, if you look at the season with some perspective, it's actually pretty amazing. They made the tournament with the roster they had. Good season given what they had to work with. Corey's not really buying into all the transfers. Doesn't think they look that good. Uh, Well, if you want to go in that direction... uh, but I'm looking for the program to have success in the NCAA tournament. And if you want to justify it by they weren't supposed to do this or that, that's your call. You have, uh, have that, uh, obviously, that right to do that. I think that uh, I- I'm looking at NCAA tournament. You know, that, that's, that's the thing that matters to me. And if you look at uh, Tom Homo, the BYU athletic director, obviously, this much, he tweeted out, this much I know, Mark Pope will somehow – 
build a team next year that will find a way to compete for a WCC title and make it back to the NCAA tournament. We're blessed, Cougar Nation. Now, how many people believe that? Mark Pope, Mark Pope will find a way, somehow, to compete for the WAC WCC title and make it back to the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think those are two different things. NCAA tournament, I think we could have a debate about that. Compete for the title, it seems like Gonzaga has run away and hid from the league, including BYU. Uh, but yet the, the score was tied with four minutes to go. In the game that matters the most for the automatic bid. So if they were hiding, they waited a long time to, to <laughs> go hide. They waited uh, 36 minutes. The game was tied. So uh, if that if that is running away and hiding, in the one game that's actually going to decide who gets in for sure, the Cougars battle them right to the end. Steve says it's still a great season. They got beat by a fired-up UCLA team who had played two days before. Well, and if, if that's the big thing, then get in the playing game. Set yourself up to get in the playing game. If the playing game matters that much, then go ahead and do it. Except they did do that, and then they lose the next time. I mean, we just keep making excuses here. Yep. They were in it, beat Iona, and then got worked by 20. Yeah, so uh, I, I, what can they do? It's clear Mark Pope has to go and take the program in a different direction. Well, he's already taking it in that direction. I guess now with a two-year track record, the question is, can he get better players? Or is it a case of, hey, the right combination of players have to be in the, in the transfer portal? Well, I mean, the players will be in the portal. They are who they are. And there'll be some good players in the portal. So can he piece together an NCAA team out of them? Well, yes, he's already done that. I suspect I, – I, I can agree with what Tom says here. That the roster that this is the way the philosophy of what Pope is doing now, and in this regard, I think it's smart because the other way hasn't. Unless you get the Player of the Year, you you're not going to have a whole lot of success in the tournament. I mean, these are just black and white facts, and that Player of the Year can't go on a mission. Or he hasn't gone on a mission. In the Maybe two cases, can. in the two cases we know of, has yeah. not. The next right. player of the year, well, we'll have to wait. We're uh, what a little, ten years down, twenty to go for the next player of the year. And maybe they, maybe he can. That'd be great if he can, but it just uh, isn't. Hasn't happened. Not to say it can happen, but it just hasn't. I think what Pope is doing. Moving away, he, and he's moving away from the Latter-day Saint kid, for that matter, too. And I don't think BYU fans care. They just want to win. Who cares? Show me Turney W's. Yeah. They can, you can have seven, eight non-LDS kids, even better. I think BYU fans like that. I think they're sort of tired of the 6'4 Utah County kid who has a great high school career, and people buy into that because they're on some summer circuit winning some things that who knows what they're winning. And then they get there and they have zero NCA success. Uh, then what difference does it make what you do in July and down in Long Beach? <laughs> I 
that's all nice, well and good, but that didn't get you anywhere. And and the fact is that Pope is moving away from that. And get kids in there as long as they you know at, at least uh, attempt to keep the rules or don't get caught, fine. Don't do anything crazy, fine. BYU fans don't care. They don't care about that at all. Just don't embarrass the university, and they're good to go. And I think that's what he's doing. I mean, he's going after kids like himself, transfers, who didn't go on missions and really didn't consider BYU coming out of high school. That's who Mark Pope is. That's who he was. And can you get them to consider something that at 20 that looks good that didn't look good when they were 17? Yeah, absolutely he can. He's already done it. Uh, to get it to win to win an NCAA tournament game, not just get there though, or tournament yeah. games. Yeah, plural. he's barely getting started. Why can't he? Yeah, sure. He's he's two for two in NCAA tournaments, and maybe last year's team could have won. That doesn't matter. I mean, the, they didn't get we'll to never, play. We'll never know. Yeah. Uh, and so, sure, sure he can. I suspect he'll do it again. He talks about how he how. His guys look at that thing just about every day. He's got to go out and sell it. He's a charismatic dude. He's, he, he, he creates videos of getting tested. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make something out of nothing. Yeah. We're having fun. Come have fun. Right. Well, he's got four seniors to replace, assuming I mean, they have the bonus year. I don't know that they're going to use it. Harms came out and said he wasn't, that he was done. Um, you know, three of them played pretty big roles. So he's got a bunch of juniors, assuming they all come back if guys don't leave. Oh, I would suspect somebody would. Uh, you would think. You know, as Kyle says, the transfer portal giveth and taketh. Is it right? But this is the way to go. And then the school has to loosen up and let some kids in. They've got to commit. They've got to make a commitment to winning, winning at the highest level. If that's what you want, you can't just talk it. You have to commit to it. You got to loosen up the rules, allow kids in school a little bit more. That, that's just the way it is. You can have your standards and. Good for you and have your standards. Uh, but you can't get caught up in minute details. You know, somebody has a mohawk and that becomes a discussion point. And I heard about Averett's hair early. How's he getting away with this? Who cares how he's getting away with it? Getting away with what? That would be the question. Uh, not the <laughs> who. What is he getting away with? I just. People wear their hair how they wear their hair and it's fine. Oh, he's getting away with the rules violation. Yeah. That's what he's getting away with. That's what that's what he was getting. That's that's what it's about. And then you see, we'll see it on pro day, uh, BYU's pro day. All these kids come back and they all got beards. <laughs> <laughs> Even the almighty Taysom Hill, who as next to Steve Young in righteousness, isn't he? I mean, they sure built him up like that. And he had a beard. He had a beard. Yeah. Oh no. Right. He came back, and I always love to look at that. And, the, and the Kafusi brothers, my goodness, they look like the caveman guys in the, on the uh, commercials, <laughs> Geico don't they? commercials. Yeah, look at their, their – you don't do so, uh, Instagram, but they're all over. I mean, they got long hair and beards and all this stuff. Lange has got his hair. 
yeah. is way longer. Harvey's got dreads stuff. going on right now. Yeah. Corbin Kafusi, mean, legitimately, he's got his hair's down to his shoulders. He's got a bushy yeah. little beard. Yeah. Uh, and they, they look like they were the Beatles in the '60s after they got uh, <laughs> a little bit. They found the revolution. <laughs> the, the '64 Beatles, and all of a sudden the '69 Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, dramatically different in their appearances, obviously, as that as that caught on. Sergeant Pepper, uh, and they they went down that road, and then and the whole world actually followed them uh, with the long hair, and so they're doing all that stuff. Fred Warner. I mean, you, you can see it one after another, uh, and and yet they one of them is told twenty minutes before a game you got to shave, huh? <laughs> and it players seem... talk, and players talk, and how does that impact recruiting? Not uh, not good. You know, it may seem silly, and, and in a way it is, but for some kids that that's where it's at. Appearances. Now, obviously, that's must be where it's at because even your own Taysom Hill decided he needed to grow a beard uh, within months of uh, being uh, released from BYU's rules and regulations. So maybe they need to loosen it up to some degree. You got if you're going to be in it all the way, you got to be in it. You can't just be in it to, all the way on your terms because your terms aren't really going to get you anywhere. So can there be a happy medium somewhere? And those were if terms. That, yeah, th- those terms were put in for the Vietnam War. And and if they can find a happy medium there, I believe Pope's the right guy for the job. I don't think they're ever going to be, you know, knocking on the door annually of Elite Eight uh, and doing all that. That seems a little bit far fetched. But we're not necessarily asking for that. Maybe if we got to this point where they regularly made the Sweet Sixteen, then we'd be asking that. But obviously, they're not regularly in the Sweet Sixteen. This script that happened this year has been replayed in Provo over and over and over. It literally is Groundhog Day for those guys to do this. Three times in the Steve Cleveland era, and then a couple more with Dave Rose before Jimmer kicked the door down and won. I mean, really, even Sweet 16, wouldn't you take round of 32 right now to win a game? Since that's where we're at, yes. Yeah. I and mean, once you get it, you're going to want to. But if they were in a game every three or four years and going to a Sweet 16 once every 10 years, that would feel different. That would feel like a step forward. And if Pope pulls that off, well, he won't be here 10 years. <laughs> but, but can you pull that off? And then you get players to look at your program differently and maybe your recruiting guys who right now are blown by you. Because that's their goal and they're trying to get to those teams. I think Pope can do it. If anybody can do it. The charisma he has... And the personality he has should lend itself to this. It seems like, and it, you know, until he does it, it isn't. But it seems like he's the right guy for the time. You know, that his personality and the transfer portal, transfer portal wasn't a thing like this 10 years ago or even five years ago. And oh, it yeah, seems I think like absolutely he's the, he guy the guy for the time. But... If it doesn't pay off, I mean, we've got a pretty small sample size. He's been there two years, and they didn't have attorney the first year. He seems set up for it, but we'll never know. Seemed like it was set up this year. I mean, UCLA doesn't look like a team that's loaded with NCAA athletes. But they were tougher in the moment, and the moment wasn't bigger than them, and they made shots. They didn't, they didn't go out there and go three for 17 from the, from the arc. 
Uh-huh. So they get the win. But I've, I've got a really good friend who is a UCLA lifer. He is older than me and remembers all kinds of good UCLA teams. And I was texting with him, and he's like, this is great. I didn't see this coming. And they're, they got a legit chance to go Sweet 16. And they had to be better. You know, they're, they're, they've got some high-end recruits coming in. So They do? All right, DJ and PK, we got to take a break. When we come back, Sister Jean's prayer was a big deal, but it was a positive big deal, not a negative big deal. We'll get to that coming up. Stay with us. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Kalani Sataki, head coach of BYU. We have the four quarterbacks that are definitely you know up there in the running, and we're going to have to narrow this down a little bit because there's just not enough reps to go around. But right now, Jaron Hall, Baylor Romney, Jacob Conover, and Soljay Mayava, those guys are the front runners, and they're having great days. And you know, the whole part about spring and even getting into being a coach, you, you want to develop depth. When you get depth and you have four quarterbacks that are battling for starting time, that's a good position to be in. There's a lot of great players here that are in the mix and then that's the whole part of trying to develop your team and develop your program is that you want to get as deep as possible so it makes everyone have to raise their level of play and then you just play the best guys we're seeing some great competition right now and especially at the quarterback position Hanson Scotting weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision Davis Vision giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses that's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call them at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. Kyle Winningham and the Utes coming up. Football availability. We'll hear, we'll hear from uh, Kyle at 8 o'clock. Uh, the new receiver coach, Chad Bumpus, is going to speak. So is Britton Covey, Nick Ford. We'll have all that for you in the 8 o'clock hour. Right now, though, part two of the question of the day. Sister Jean says she prays for both teams before Loyola's Chicago games, but admits at the end of the prayer she asked God to make sure her team wins. What would happen if a person, let's just say, some other religion admits asking God to be sure a certain team wins? Uh-oh. That's what would happen. Jacob goes right to it. He goes right to what everybody's thinking. I think Austin Colley said it best. Austin Colley. Who did he say it to? If You. If, if you are a, and this was a weird thing, this would never happen now. This was in the before times, but you were standing in front of him. Were you on the field or were no. you in the tunnel? Uh, we were just outside that little interview area. Yeah. Magic happens. And it was a one-on-one thing. It was. Yeah. A what? It was the before times, kids. Everything was different. The old has-been PK uh, discarded like yesterday's news. Nailed it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Austin Collie's thing certainly created a big brouhaha. He took a lot of heat, and if he was watching Sister Jean thinking, well, she's not taking the heat I took, I would say, Austin, you're right. That's brother Austin, by the way. Sister Jean catching a break because she's 90-whatever? Oh, she's that's 101. Cute. 101, yes. But the first time she did it, she was 98. Because didn't we go through this? Didn't she pray for him when they went through the Elite Eight three years ago? Oh, she's been praying for them for years. Mm. So God some, finally answered her prayers. Sometimes it it's works. It's on sometimes God's it time, not your time. <laughs> 2016? Not God's His timeline, time not yours. 2018? Or hers timeline, depending. I can't keep track of what everybody believes these days. Wes says, can we get her to pray that the Jazz win in the NBA Finals? Sure. Why not? 
<laughs> Call her up, Wes. Knock yourself out. When I was going to ASU, there was this guy that I knew. He's involved with the Campus Ambassadors for Christ. And he was uh, not much older, but when you're 21, a guy who's 30 seems like he's uh, 150. That's true. And, and uh, so he, he, he admitted to me that he would like to – he would sneak in a prayer for the Suns because the Suns were pretty good in those days, and he was a passionate Suns fan. But there's only one problem, is there was this roadblock that the Suns had to get by, and that roadblock was named Magic Johnson. Dang it. <laughs> and even though they had they had some pretty good teams, as I they, recall. They did. But they did. Uh, Magic Johnson was just a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> so, How much better? Yeah. It's as better as he needed to be. Is like catching Jerry Rice. How fast are you? How fast do I need to be? Yeah, and so uh, they could. But he, I remember talking to him one day, and he said, yeah, that he, he was, in, in his heart, he prayed that they could win because <laughs> he was he's a hardcore fan. So and Sister Jean, I mean, what? It's it's a nice story, and Loyola is a, a smaller school, obviously, and and their coach is supposedly can write his uh, his price for Indiana because he's done it twice now, and here we go again. And Sister Jean gets her run. It's it's a fun story. Question is, how far will they go now? Yeah, I don't know, but they've already overcome the odds twice in yep. just a couple of what a three year period. Yep. 2018, and now here they are in the Sweet 16 again. Yeah, that's incredible. Tanner says, as far as the whole prayer for the team to win, he says it never works. I've tried. It's bad karma. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Your sister Jean says it does work. That's the point. It didn't work in 2019 or 2017. So it works sometimes? Okay, well, God's not going to answer every prayer exactly the way you want it, right? Uh, that's true. <laughs> I mean, if that were the case, I'd be sitting on a beach right now. <laughs> You're not? (laughs) All right, when we come back, Kyle Winningham talking Utah football. Stay with us.